us. We uh, welcome you to the great city of Cleveland for tonight's big debate. We are a mere on now less than six hours away. President Trump squaring off against the ever forgetful, frail, weak quid pro quo. Joe, I- I'm going to give you a rundown of everything that I think is going to happen today. There is some of the weirdest stuff. Lindsey Graham has just gotten a hold of a a intelligence memo uh, that has now been declassified that'll blow your mind. We have part two of Project Veritas now directly implicating Congresswoman Omar. There is an investigation in Minnesota ongoing into the uh, ballot harvesting issue that Project Veritas brought to our attention yesterday. All of this happening today. Um, On top of all of this, all the media thinks tonight is going to be about is Donald Trump's taxes. I am going to break this down exactly what this should be about. You want to talk about money? Game on. I want to talk about the Biden family corruption or crime family, even depending on how you may view it. So we'll get to all of that. You know, some of the weirdest things that um, that have been happening in the lead up to this debate, the Biden campaign Apparently so worried that old Joe won't be able to go the distance in 90 minutes tonight. They have tried now to have two debate rest periods. I've never heard of a rest period. What do you mean a rest period? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to take after every hour of the Sean Hannity radio show. I'm going to take a rest. Um, I can barely get up and go to the bathroom in the middle of this show. Let's put it that way. That's how much rest we get in the middle of the show. We don't get rest. Oh, you know what? I'm going to take a half hour break in the middle of Hannity tonight, uh, right after the debate. We'll take a little rest break. You know, maybe just sit down, pull out the old jewel, get a little, you know, nicotine in your system, maybe drink a Coke, you know, or Red Bull or Monster, whatever you like, you know, whatever your drink of choice is. What, What is this rest period? Because over the last several weeks, we now have discovered that that Biden's campaign, they wanted two breaks in tonight's debate, one every 30 minutes to break up the 90-minute commercial-free program. Well, that request has been denied. Why? We've never done that before. What, Joe's tired? Needs a little hot cocoa and a nappy? What, what is this? Um, the mob and the media, you know, one of the more fascinating things to me is they can't say that Donald Trump... Um, broke any laws with in terms of whatever taxes he, he paid or didn't pay. And they don't have all of the tax records. So you're getting an incomplete picture. It is amazingly similar, as I pointed out yesterday, that the same New York Times and just eight days before the second debate in the 2016 election cycle, that they had basically written the same story about Trump taxes. Clearly, they've got their agenda not really that much difference. If you care about people's taxes and you care about their finances, well, then I think the biggest story that should be debated tonight is you're not getting a billion until you fire the Ukraine prosecutor. Why would a vice president of the United States ever want to do that? Who's investigating my zero experience son, Hunter, who's being paid millions when he admittedly, I'll play it later on Good Morning America, said he had no experience in oil and gas energy or Ukraine. You're going to fire him. You got six hours or you're not getting a billion dollars. Son of a B, they fired him. Well, that's the, he's the vice president of the United States. Now, what did we learn? We learned that the Bidens had other financial dealings with Ukraine and Ukrainian oligarchs 
and the first lady of Moscow, the, the, the wife of the mayor of Moscow. That's what they call the first lady of Moscow. That was, that was her nickname. And wire transfers and huge sums of money, you know, exchanging hands and money ties to Russian nationals, Ukraine national, Kazakh nationals, Chinese nationals. This runs wide. This runs deep. This is bigger than the $1.5 billion that Zero Experience Hunter got with the Bank of China, which you would think might go to like, oh, maybe UBS or Deutsche Bank or Goldman Sachs or, you know, J.P. Morgan or whoever the names of these companies. I don't know crap about Wall Street, to be honest. I have a lot of friends that work there. They try and explain it to me. And I'm like, OK, can we talk football? You want to talk politics? Anything else besides this? All right. So they wanted that. Now. We want to talk about taxes. All right, well, let's talk. Joe Biden, I'm releasing my taxes today. Well, number one, the first thing you learn is a cheapskate. I mean, I, I'm, for all this now, the president's been donating his entire salary, which I think is close to $500,000 a year. I think it's four fifty dollars a year. But Joe Biden, the headline, September 12, 2008, USA Today, Joe Biden and his wife gave an average of $369 a year to charity in the past decade. He that was a point in his life. I guess he wasn't thinking about running for president anymore. And, you know, I don't care if it's funding charitable causes. Donald Trump has a well-documented history of generosity. And uh, one other thing. Now, if he broke the laws and the IRS is cutting Donald Trump a, a tax rebate check and he's taking the legal deductions. Well, Joe's been in the swamp 47 years and he was vice president for eight years. So the swamp rules that they set up, that they built, the laws that they passed, the laws that they signed are the laws that Donald Trump used. There's no allegation of impropriety except for, you know, these fake news, CNN and MSDNC and, you know, New York Toilet Paper Times folks. He's going to jail. No, he's not. He's not going to jail. He's not being not even being investigated except, well, we want to see his taxes so we can we can blood. I, I don't think there's. I don't think there's a billionaire in the world. If you're going to look at their tax return. Now, remember, we want billionaires. I never got a job from a poor person. Never did my whole life. When I was working in a restaurant, delivering newspapers, you have to have some income to buy a newspaper every day, right? Okay. I never got a job from a poor person. What do we want rich people to do to build restaurants? You build a restaurant. I went through the whole mess yesterday. Buy a property, rent a property, build out the property, build the bar, build the kitchen, build the tables, buy all the silverware, get the glasses. Then you got to hire the staff, the chef, the dishwashers, the busboys, the waiters, the waitresses, the bartenders. Then you got to put the lights on. Then you got to buy the food. Then you got to, how much can you charge for a hamburger until you start making a profit? So the businesses do what? They take a loss. What does the loss mean? Oh, they get to lower their income tax liability as they're now trying to build a business that creates jobs for other people. That's what businesses do. Otherwise, you're not going to have any commerce. Well, that's not fair. Millionaires pay. Okay, but if, if, you don't, if they don't have any incentive, if they've got to lay out the money for that restaurant, they're not building it. And, and pay taxes on money they're not making. They're not going to build the restaurant if they don't get the deduction. Hello? If you own a house, you get a mortgage deduction. If you have kids, you get a child deduction. That's the Joe and, and Obama are more responsible for that system than anything Donald Trump ever built out because those are the years that they're talking about. Anyway, Joe Biden, on the other hand, oh, the president donates its $400,000 a year's annual sal salary gives away. Joe Biden, 
well, kind of well-known as somebody that's a, that's a cheapskate. And you would think, you know, the tens of th- millions of dollars that zero experience Hunter made over the years. You want to talk about taxes? I want to talk about Hunter. I want to talk about Hunter and Russian oligarchs and Ukrainian oligarchs and Kazakh oligarchs and Chinese nationals and Russian nationals and Ukrainian nationals. And I want to talk about the quid and the pro and the quo. And I want to know why a vice president could le- leverage a billion taxpayer dollars to fire a prosecutor that's investigating his zero experience son so he can go on making millions when he has no knowledge whatsoever by his own admission. I want to know how he got a billion-dollar deal with the Bank of China after Joe took him on Air Force Two as vice president to China. I want to know why he got another uh, half a billion dollars. It's $1.5 billion. Uh, sorry, I saw the Good Morning America interview for a 49-year-old man. He seemed like the dumbest human being on the planet. Uh, didn't exactly seem like the sharpest knife in the toolbox. You know, uh, not somebody I'd hire to do anything, if you want to be frank. Uh, you know, did you have any experience in oil? No. Any experience in gas? No. Any experience in uh, energy? No. Any experience in Ukraine? No. No. Uh, why do you think you got all of this money? I don't know. I don't know. Do you think maybe it's because your father was the vice president in charge of Ukrainian policy and money's going to Ukraine? Yeah. Oh, you know what? Yeah, probably. Probably that's it. Ding, 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 ding. Light went on. Yeah. Let's talk about that corruption. Unbelievable. You know, and but of course, the mob and the media, what do they do? They, they just run defense on all of this. By the way. Uh, if we're going to talk about releasing tax returns, let's release, I would like to release, something called Joe's medical records. Joe looks weak to me. He looks frail to me. Looks like he could use a cheeseburger or two. A little bit of energy, a little bit of Red Bull, a little bit of Coca-Cola, a little bit of, uh, you know, coffee uh, tonight. You know what? Let's release those. Let's release Hunter's tax returns. I'd rather see Hunter's. I'm more interested in zero experience Hunter. How did that dope make all those millions of dollars? How did he get all the oligarchs? I don't even know what an oligarch is, for crying out loud. All I know is every time I hear something about Ukraine or oligarchs, I hear about corruption in my head. It's unbelievable. Anyway, and then it's you got Joe Biden, the cheapskate. I read to you September 12, 2008, USA Today. Joe and his wife gave a whopping $369 a year to charity. Oh, boy. Now, the Obama campaign, they released 10 years of tax returns, and well, you got to give them credit. And, you know, uh, at that point, community organizer, whatever, the Bidens reported earning $319,000 last year, according to that USA Today article, 71000 in royalties from his memoir. Oh, good grief. Put me to sleep. Uh, the Bidens reported $995 in charitable uh, donations last year. Unbelievable. Now you got a tax, uh, Trump's tax returns. Well, why are Biden's Senate records still hidden from the public view? By the way, Tara Reid wanted them at the time. Judicial Watch has filed a, a FOIA request. Um, it's unbelievable. By the way, a new poll out today shows that about 10% of voters have not yet made up their minds going into tonight's debate. That's pretty interesting. Uh, Cleveland, where we are today, broadcasting, hidden broadcast location, and I'm not telling you where. Uh, we'll be doing Hannity. There's helicopters, by the way, flying over everything now. I'm just warning you. Just trying to paint the picture if you're not in Cleveland. And bro- probably half of them are Geraldo's because this is now his new home city. 
Anyway, Cleveland Mayor uh, Frank Jackson, not enthusiastic about hosting the debate, has requested support from the National Guard and Ohio uh, Highway Patrol uh, as they are expecting possible post-debate riots. That's a little scary. Um, Joe Biden now, I mean, this is another weird thing. Joe Biden, apparently, according to some reports, I didn't even I didn't take this serious. I didn't even believe this was true. But is it really true that he reversed course and declined to have his ears inspected? I mean, you can't make this stuff up. Yes, Sunshine, what is it? I think you should give the traffic report since you got the helicopter in the background. I mean, you know, do it like a a real reporter. Like a real reporter? You know, there's a lot of traffic. All right, it's cloudy. It's hazy, hot, humid (laughs) in downtown Cleveland right now. Uh, We have traffic reports. uh, Every uh, hour on the hour. Every every half hour on the hour. (laughs) Right here on WWW. Looks like the I-4 corridor is packed with cars as people now trying to make their way. All 80 people that will be attending tonight. Cleveland is on fire. Cleveland is uh, absolutely... Anyway, hazy, it's, hot, humid. It's going to be great. Clouds, late afternoon, thunderstorm <laughs> is now a possibility. Uh, we'll have the latest all coming up with our AccuWeather forecast I, on WWW. I, I dare you to do your live read like that. Uh, I don't know. Where's my library? <laughs> <laughs> this is where this, this is where Hannity and Howard Stern meet. This meets. is a bridge too far. No, the, you know, Howard Stern in private parts, he t- does this whole thing. Hi, welcome. We'll tell you about the weather. And you know, when you start out on radio, you know, everybody does it. Everybody does it. You try to sound like a broadcaster, and you sound like an idiot. And you know, st- well, in your case, you didn't sound like anything because you dropped the EIB it's mic. Funny as hell. I mean, and I'm watching that movie, <laughs> and I'm thinking, he's right. I was a t- that's me. I was a total idiot. Oh, oh man. All right, we're getting giddy here. Oh, this is a bombshell from Lindsey Graham. I got the letter in my hand. I'm gonna read it to you. All right, listen. You know, you sleep. Pandemic. We got a big debate tonight. I can't believe they asked for a, 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 a two third two breaks after 30 minutes. Good grief. You know, are we going to get questions about quid pro quo, Joe? Are we going to get questions about uh, Joe the cheapskate with his tax uh, money? Are we going to get questions about zero experience, Hunter? Are we going to get questions? Are you going to be a part-time president that puts a lid on the presidency at 930 every day? Unbelievable. I mean, this is a pivotal moment for this country. I mean, I, I don't care what anybody says. Joe's been there for 47 long years. What has he done? What has he ever accomplished in 47 years? I would have handled COVID differently. What, you opposed the travel ban? You opposed the quarantine? You It was xenophobic hysteria and, and fear-mongering. We would have listened to you. How many more Americans would have dropped dead and contracted the disease? You know, now we won't answer a question about, do you support stacking the Supreme Court? Do you support... Ending the Electoral College? Do you do you support an end to the legislative filibuster? Do you agree with Nancy? We should be able to impeach a president any day of the week for any reason. And by the way, what did you know, Joe? What happened in that July 5th meeting? I'd like to know. Why didn't you do criminal justice reform, Joe? You had eight years. Why didn't she? It was after Ferguson, after Baltimore, after Eric Gardner. Why didn't you help out historically black colleges? Why do you lie about going to a historically black colleges and being endorsed by the NAACP. Why do you why do you plagiarize, Joe? A lot of questions for Joe tonight. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. He draws his inspiration from U.S. soldiers and the brave men and women who wear the blue. 
The warriors who never run from a fight, they run to it. And in this fight, to save the soul of our country, it's time to wake the silent majority. Let this moment radicalize you. The battle lines are drawn, the mission is clear, and the time is upon us. With your help on November 3rd, Republicans are going to win the House, win the Senate, and again win the White House. When the brave are prepared, there's no battle we can't win. Let's do this. Suit up, chin down, and he'll take the lead. This is The Sean Hannity Show. All right, suit up, chin down, all hands on deck, 35 days, and you are the ultimate jury, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program? Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what daddy can do to help Hunter make more money with zero experience. 800-941-SEAN. Uh, we have part two today, Project Veritas, James O'Keefe. We, we exposed yesterday on this program their undercover video showing ballot harvesting. My whole car is full of ballots. Well, you get paid your money as soon as you sign the ballot. You get paid then. Uh, now we have uh, on camera, and it's, we're just releasing it. It's up on ProjectVeritasHannity.com as well. A link to this. And now, apparently, Congresswoman Omar is implicated in this uh, on these undercover videotapes and that she, part of the squad, Omar, the one that came up with all of this, the pay for vote, uh, the community, quote, she is the one, goes on and says the money comes from the candidates running for office. In other words, to pay for the ballots that they're buying. Um over a thousand convictions, but you're not hearing about it from anywhere else. It's getting scary. By the way, Minneapolis police are now investigating the ballot harvesting claims caught on undercover video. Uh, we'll get into that later in the program today. Uh, you got video of all of it. I would assume the Attorney General Bill Barr will want to do it. Notice in every swing state now, we see issues that are arising in Pennsylvania, a judge there has stopped the United States Postal Service cuts ahead of the 2020 election. Ohio just had a ruling that requires uh, ballot signatures to be verified. That's been upheld by a federal judge, noting that changes to procedure at this stage could be particularly damaging to the electoral process. Uh, There's a victory for Republicans as a Wisconsin judge has now stopped a a six-day extension for counting absentee ballots after the election. And Trump's campaign now has to go into North Carolina and sue there to stop their mail-in voting changes last minute that Democrats are putting in place. Once again, want to know why the courts matter? Because that's where Democrats go to hopefully find judicial activism and their allies on the bench uh, that would be pretty much legislating new laws uh, that favors Democrats in these swing states. A little scary, the whole thing. And now Byron York, uh, now Republicans are finally understanding that Hillary meant it when she said under no circumstances should Joe Biden concede the election. And also the 600 lawyers that are in all of these uh, swing states that Joe Biden is bragging about. Pennsylvania Republicans are now asking the Supreme Court to stop the mail voting extension. New York City voters, by the way, there's a report out wrongly receiving mail-in ballots labeled for military use. I mean, does any of this surprise you? It doesn't surprise me at all. 
But this Project Veritas, it, now these videos uh, have caught the attention of law enforcement. Let's see what happens with all of that. Uh, and you got to give a tip of the hat. James O'Keefe will join us later in the program today as the Minneapolis police investigate that ballot harvesting scam. A judge is now requiring Georgia maintain paper poll books with a list of eligible voters. Uh, Texas is now uh, Texas appeals has blocked a lower court decision allowing straight ticket voting for the 2020 elections. Not sure what that case is about. Uh, then we've got, you know, predictions everywhere of a Bush v. Gore nightmare post-election scenario. Pelosi is warning Democrats of a possible stolen presidential election and claiming that Congress and she could ultimately decide the outcome. Wow, this is getting scary. And Joe Biden doesn't want to tell us if he wants to pack the Supreme Court. He won't answer that question. That's a distracting question. Uh, No, it's not. That's an issue in the campaign, Joe. Kamala Harris now supporting the stupidity. And then he won't answer the question about abolishing the Electoral College. Then he's not going to answer a question about you know, pretty much anything. Interesting to see which Joe Biden shows up tonight. Um, unbelievable times we're living in. It is, uh, I will tell you, it is scary. But what I'm reading every day, what I'm seeing every day, it is, these are, these are uncharted waters for this country. I can tell you that. And we better get this right because everything is hanging in the balance here. Pelosi urging colleagues to prepare for 2020 presidential election reaching Congress. We must achieve that majority of delegations or keep the Republicans from doing so. Wow. Unbelievable. And I and they think they're right. I, honestly, what we're learning is just so off out of so out of the realm Think of what we learned in the deep state. We learned that the dirty dossier that Hillary bought and paid for, that Christopher Steele used somebody known to the FBI to be a Russian agent. We, we learned that just recently. We learned, you know, all the, how is it possible that they allowed a Russian agent to impact our elections? And when you thought, think it can't get worse than that, it just got worse. This letter came from the director of national intelligence, John Ratcliffe, just today. I just got a hold of it. Lindsey Graham will join us later and talk about it. Listen to this letter. Listen to what this is about. In response to your request for intelligence community, IC we call it, information related to the FBI's crossfire hurricane investigation, I've declassified the following. Now pay very close attention. And, and You're not hearing me wrong here. I'm reading it verbatim. In late July 2016, U.S. intelligence agencies obtained insight, that would be intelligence, into Russian intelligence analysis alleging that U.S. presidential candidate Hillary Clinton had approved a campaign plan to stir up a scandal against U.S. presidential candidate Donald Trump by tying uh, Donald Trump to Putin and the Russians. Apparently, they, they had and picked up this intelligence. It goes on. And that means to, to tie Trump to Putin and the Russians hacking the DNC. Wow. Now, the intelligence community does not know the accuracy of the allegation or the extent to which the Russian intelligence analysis may reflect exaggeration or fabrication. Then it goes on. And according to handwritten notes, former CIA director Brennan, subsequently briefed President Obama and other national security officials on the intelligence, including 
quote, the alleged approval by Hillary Clinton on July 26, 2016, of a proposal from one of her foreign policy advisors to vilify Donald Trump by stirring up a scandal claiming interference by Russian security services. The very thing that they accused Trump of, there apparently is intelligence that shows they did. It goes on. On September 7th, 2016, U.S. intelligence officials, it sounds like Brennan might not have been the awful human being I thought he was the whole time because he's telling them, guys, you don't want to put, you don't want to use the dossier in the FISA application. Nah, it's not verified. And now it says, anyway, U.S. intelligence officials forwarded an investigative referral to James Comey, the FBI director, and the deputy assistant director of counterintelligence, Peter Strzok, regarding, quote, U.S. presidential candidate Hillary Clinton's approval of a plan concerning U.S. presidential candidate Donald Trump and Russian hackers hampering U.S. elections as a means of distracting the public from her use of a private mail server. They knew in September. They knew in July of 2016. And everything that we now know that happened afterwards, now it it begins to make sense because a lot of it didn't make sense. It's the exact opposite. And now we know that the source for the Steele dossier, remember Hillary paid for it with funneled money through a a law firm, Perkins Coie, hiring Fusion GPS, a research firm that hired Christopher Steele. Christopher Steele uses a guy that they've known to be a Russian source of Russian intelligence operative for 10 years. The FBI knew that all the way back, you know, 10 years prior. And they still allowed that to happen. Anyway, as referenced September 24th, 2020, your letter to the committee and Attorney General Barr has advised me the disclosure of this information will not interfere with the ongoing Department of Justice investigations. Additional declassification and public disclosure related intelligence. Wow. All happened. All of it. We were more right than we ever knew. More right than ever. But look, that's not going to be what this debate is about tonight. You know, I would assume that Biden now, they've reset Biden's clock, so his peak cognitive hour is 9 p.m. That's my guess. I would assume that Joe, who's, you know, half the month of September, he's called the lid on the day at 9.30 in the morning. Okay, is he going to be a part-time president? So, you know, Joe's going to show up. He's going to have a minimum. He's had a lot of Red Bulls, is my guess. Going to have a lot of Red Bull or Monster or Rockstar, whatever, whatever you happen to like. I drink them all. I like them all. Um, a lot of Coca-Colas today. A lot of coffee today. Got to keep him awake. And he's not getting his little, he's not getting his hot cocoa and nappy in. So it's going to be, might be cranky tonight. Who knows? You know, but th- th- this is now the biggest choice elected. And the biggest question is Joe's been talking for 47 years. What has Joe done? You know, what would Joe have done differently on COVID if he wouldn't have put the travel ban in effect in the quarantine? And he, and he was still holding rallies. He didn't talk about social distancing. He didn't put in place Operation Warp Speed. Donald Trump did all of that. He built out. He was the one that was being praised by Gavin Newsom and even at the time uh, being praised by uh, Governor Cuomo because without Trump, none of their PPE would have existed. Unbelievable. Yeah, so the Trump, the president absolutely upplayed 10 days after the first identified case of corona. Yeah, he upplayed the virus in his actions. But he didn't scare the crap out of the American people and downplayed. That is not inconsistent, by the way, in, at least from my point. 
you know, by the way, Joe, he's going to have, did you support stacking the Supreme Court? Yes or no? Do you support ending the Electoral College? Yes or no? Do you support ending the legislative filibuster? Yes or no? Do you think a Speaker of the House can impeach a president every day of the week for any reason, like Nancy Pelosi said? Did you bring up the Logan Act on January 5th, 2017 in, in Barack Obama's Oval Office? Why didn't you do criminal justice reform in 47 years? Why did you uh, not do police reform and then chokeholds in 47 years after Eric Gardner, Ferguson, Baltimore? Why didn't you support historically black colleges? Why do you lie about going to one when you didn't? Why do you lie about saying the NAACP endorsed you when they didn't? Why didn't you do opportunity zones? Why didn't you and Barack in eight years create record low unemployment for African-Americans, Hispanic-Americans, Asian-Americans, women in the workplace, youth unemployment, African-American youth unemployment? Why did you do that dumb Iranian deal giving $150 billion to mullahs in Iran that chant death to America? Why did you lie to America on Obama-Biden care when we now know millions lost their doctors, millions lost their plans, and we're paying on average 200% more and 40% of the country only has one exchange option why didn't you lift a finger when four thousand people were murdered in chicago while you were vice president obama's hometown another twenty thousand shot why did you say police were the enemy joe why did you say you'd redirect funds away from the police joe why did you your running mate praise the lapd and 150 million in cuts why didn't you mention the unrest in the country once during your convention joe you know, why did why did your running mate raise money for anarchists to get out of jail so they can go commit more crimes? Why did you adopt a 110 page manifesto with Bernie Sanders, the radical socialist? Why do you support open borders and amnesty in the United Sanctuary States of America and free health care for illegals? Why did you pick a running mate more to the left than Bolshevik Bernie in the new Green Deal that she sponsored and Medicare for all that she sponsored? Why did you support and praise the former Klansman, Robert Byrd? Why did you partner with Byrd, the guy that filibustered the Civil Rights Act, was against the Voting Rights Act, and you worked with him to end the integration of public schools because you didn't want your kids going to public schools that were racial jungles, Joe? Good grief. And what did you, you know, I mean, there's just so much material here. He's got to answer questions. Is tonight going to be the, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting going to be interesting we'll have full coverage tonight right after the debate on hannity i'm ready i wish i was debating him i want to go debate maybe you guys can throw an earpiece in my ear i'm kidding i'm not believing the conspiracy theories about earpieces where does the people come up with this he did say he was going to get a check and then he said no i guess maybe that's that kind of fuels the fire i don't know all right 800-941 sean you want to be a part of the uh program Everywhere. All right, we're live. We're in Cleveland, hour two, Sean Hannity Show, 800 941. Sean, you want to be a part of the program? Uh, we are here for the first of what will be three presidential debates Donald Trump, the president, versus the ever weak, frail, confused Joe Biden. But, um, you know, by the fact that he's been putting a lid, he spent half the month of September putting a lid on his campaign at 9, 10 in the morning. Uh, been doing next to zero work, and my assumption is really simple. I think that that his campaign made a decision that they did. He did not have the the strength and the stamina to go out and run a regular campaign. So they've been basically running stealth and hiding in the basement. 
and they now have put all of their efforts into preparing Joe day in and day out for moments like tonight. These three debates that they put all their eggs in the debate basket. And my guess is, is that Joe's going to have a lot of Red Bull today, a lot of Monster, a lot of Rockstar energy drinks, probably Coca-Cola or two, probably some coffee. And he survived the primary debates. And my guess is, is that his team has been working day and night to get him to memorize three or four points on every topic that is likely to come up during this debate. And that he has those topics that he's memorized and those points that he's memorized and then probably two attack lines per topic as well to go at Donald Trump. Anyway, Newt Gingrich is with us, former Speaker of the House. His book has uh, been a huge bestseller as well. Mr. Speaker, glad you're with us. It's debate night in America. Your thoughts, sir? Well, I think it, I did a newsletter last week on, you know, which Joe Biden is going to show up. We, you know, Biden, when he debated Paul Ryan in 2012, was very impressive. Uh, and he was pretty impressive when he debated, uh, oh, uh, I would say, in uh, the spring of this year, there was a general sense that he'd done very, very well towards the end of the primary cycle. Uh, so that's that's one Biden. The other Biden is this guy we see who comes out who can't read a teleprompter, uh, can't remember what he's talking about, can't say the Pledge of Allegiance, uh, announces that he's running for the Senate, and suggests that 200 million Americans have died. Um, and you don't know quite yet. I'm, no, I'm well, you forgot one. You, you forgot that he. What? You forgot that he's been in the Senate 180 years. But go ahead, I digress. No, that's a, that's another great example. But the only point being, you know, I, I agree with I think what they have done is they decided this entire campaign comes down to three debates. Four, if you count the, the, the Kamala Harris uh, debate with Vice President Pence. And that, therefore, he didn't have to go campaign. He didn't have to go take any risks. What he had to do was wait. And if he, between he and Chris Wallace's natural bias, uh, to, to ask tougher questions of Trump than he will of Biden to see if uh, he can come out of tonight uh, you know, looking good enough uh, to be a serious potential president. And I think that's what he's got to do. On the other hand, Trump, whose uh, who's basic debate practice is to just wander around the country, take every possible question, let people come at him all day long. Um, you know, if Trump goes in there and is aggressive and decisive and, and uh, factual, uh, my guess is, you know, my hunch is that Trump will win. But I have to confess, I mean, I'm, I'm going to watch with great interest because I think this is a, a very dynamic environment. And I don't think we know enough to be sure which of these two guys is going to come out on top. How does Joe get away with what is his latest strategy, which is I'm not going to give you an answer on whether or not I'll stack or pack the Supreme Court with more justices or end the Electoral College or support ending the legislative filibuster or agreeing with Nancy Pelosi. She can impeach a president every day of the week for any reason. Does Joe get away with not answering those questions? Of course, of course he does. Ninety three percent of the news media in America is deeply anti-Trump. You are you are dead. You are dead wrong. It's ninety nine percent. Okay, ninety nine percent. So. They, they get up every morning and they have two jobs, attack Donald Trump and protect Joe Biden. It's, it's like being on a football field where every single ref is on the other team. 
Um, you know, and I think that's part of what comes up against. I mean, I, I just saw the story today that, that uh, Biden, one of Biden's, Biden's senior staff people said that he is opposed to anybody who is Muslim, Orthodox, Jewish, or, or Christian serving on the U.S. courts uh, because he believes that all of them are profoundly wrong, and he would like to see all of them kicked off. Now, and then I did a tweet this afternoon and said, yeah, somebody should challenge Biden. In fact, Trump ought to go on the stage tonight, challenge him to fire this guy. I mean, this is such a bigoted, anti-religious comment. We don't have to put up with this stuff. And I think it's important for us to be clear that Kamala Harris is the most anti-Catholic bigot nominated since the late 19th century. Um, and we just have to hold Biden accountable for who they really are and what they're really up to. But we should not expect the media to ever, ever, ever give us a break in this entire election. What has Joe done that you can think of? He's been in the swamp 47 years. I, for example, I can't get over the fact that he didn't barely mention the unrest in American cities that we've been watching all summer long. Uh, or that he referred to the police saying they become the enemy and reallocating funds, and his running mate is to the left of Bolshevik Bernie, and she co-sponsored the New Green Deal and co-sponsored Medicare for All and supported uh, defunding the, the LAPD, um, and, and she won't give an answer either about whether or not she supports stacking the Supreme Court, but what has Joe Biden in 47 years ever done to improve the lives of the American people? I can't think of a thing. No, look, Biden is the classic American politician. Um, he won a Senate seat in a very small state at an early point in his life. He served in the Senate, riding back and forth on Amtrak uh, from Wilmington. Uh, he basically placated whoever was in power. So at one point, he's co-sponsoring a bill to stop forced uh, busing uh, with Jesse Helms, which I think nowadays is inconceivable by itself should have knocked him out of the race. But his basic strategy has been rope-a-dope. You know, he's the guy who's still standing, uh, which actually was also Bill Clinton's basic technique. You know, if I'm still standing... So that means it's really Donald Trump's job to bring... It's Donald Trump's job to bring the case to Joe Biden tonight, then, is what you're saying. Yeah, if you think of it as as, as like a jury trial, Trump's basic assignment is to say, look, you have an enormous choice here. I believe in creating jobs. We saw eight years of Joe Biden helping kill jobs. I believe in defending America. We had eight years of Joe Biden going to, going to China. Uh, Biden can't even tell you the truth about Hunter. Um, if you read the 85-page report, which I recommend to everybody that the Senate released last week, it's, you know, it's clear that Biden's just plain lying about his son that his son was making millions and millions of dollars out of the Chinese and the Ukrainians and the Russians, uh, and a little bit out of the Romanians, by the way. Um, all of this stuff's been covered up by the New York Times and the Washington Post and the other elite media because they are so desperate to beat Trump. Trump's job is to rip back the bandages, let us see the real Joe Biden, let us see the corruption, the dishonesty, uh, the confusion, and then add to that Kamala Harris, who is the most radical vice presidential nominee in history. Uh, and make sure we understand, you vote for these two, this is what you're going to get. Uh, and now it's not assume, a pretty picture. Let's assume I'm right, and he's been practicing all summer, as he calls a lid on his campaign. In the month of September, it was nearly every other day. 
I mean, uh, we're done. It's 9.30 in the morning, and, and uh, to me, they probably have changed his clock, so he's adjusted that his, his strongest cognitive hour would be 9 p.m., although they did request that they have two breaks after each half hour, which I've never heard of before. Um, I mean, there's, he seems weak, frail, and struggling cognitively. Um, that's, I guess it's a question of, is it a good day for Joe or not a good day for Joe? I mean, you just don't know. I always wondered, you know, some, somebody who I trust a lot said to me, they had the hunch that when, when you start getting into 50% of your days are, you know, you're not doing anything, literally, uh, seven out of 14 days. And somebody said to me that their hunch was, if he got up in the morning and he literally couldn't function, they just closed it all down. Now, the other option is to say no. They've been very clever. They've done nothing but practice for these debates. He's, he's on the edge of his game. And as I said earlier, and I wrote a, a, a newsletter about this at Phoenix 360, you know, you look at what he did to Paul Ryan, and Paul Ryan's a very smart guy. That's he's eight years ago. Debater, but he's a very smart guy. Okay, right. but that's eight, eight years, years ago. ago. He's not the same guy. I, I no, don't disagree. But he also had a very good debate in March against Bernie Sanders. I mean, a very good debate. In fact, some people said it was the best debate of his career. So See, I think saying, he's going to come he out like he did friend. in the, he, as he did the joint press conference with Anderson Cooper that they called the town hall. You know, I think he will come out animated. I think he will feign anger. I think that makes him appear more energetic than he really is. And and I think he will probably have memorized his lines. Now, if you're Donald Trump and you're a counterpuncher, how do you counter that? Well, I mean, first of all, you just make fun of it, but there's a deeper point here, which is, you know, I'm, I'm pretty confident that Biden can last the first 30 minutes. I'm not at all confident he can last 90. And I think, if, I mean, my advice to, to, to the president would be, do not give him an inch. Every time he lies, hit him. You know, every time he's confused, hit him. But don't back off one inch. I mean, Trump has a great record. He's done great things. Uh, and, and I said this the other day very clearly and, and very strongly. You have to assume Biden will just plain going to lie. And therefore, Trump's got to be prepared to deal directly head-on with lies, which is what Reagan did so brilliantly with Jimmy Carter. And well, you know, there you go you again. Go again became, yeah, that's right. And it destroyed Carter. I mean, Reagan went from a very close race to a landslide in one evening. And Trump's got to be prepared to say, you know, you're lying about the virus. You're lying about your record in the Senate. You're lying about your record as vice president. The last three attacks you made of me are all based on lies. And you just got to go head straight at him. And then the country's got to decide. Where do you see the race now, especially when you look at polls? Polling was atrocious in 2016. Where do you see this race from your perspective? Oh, I think Trump wins. I think he probably wins by a surprising margin. Uh, let, let, let me give all of everyone in the audience a little, a little secret. There's a poll out today, if I think from, from Harvard and Harris, that says that, that Biden is ahead, I think, by four points, but among likely voters is ahead by two. Now, we have an electoral college. This is one of the great shocks of the Clinton people. We have an electoral college. If Biden is coming out of California, New York, and um, 
Illinois by huge margins, which he is, then that means if he's only up two nationally, when you get outside those three states, he's losing everywhere. And that's what happened. Trump, people forget, Trump carried 49 states by 1,300,000 votes, but he lost California by such a big margin that it upset that. But the fact is, under the Electoral College, it didn't matter. You know, you had an extra million votes in California, it's still the same number of Electoral College votes. So I would say, as of today, that the, the, the Trump actually is in pretty decent shape, but it, but it also comes down to these debates. And if Pence can do their job, they're going to win probably in a landslide. If they can't do their job, um, then they're going to have a really tough couple of, couple of weeks. Uh, stay right there. We'll continue. Well, I, we're actually going to have to let you go speak, Mr. Speaker. Well, the good news is that this debate will uh, start in about four hours and 40 minutes from now. And uh, we're in Cleveland. We're covering the debate and uh, we're looking forward to it. And uh, Mr. Speaker, uh, this is one of three. And uh, we'll be on right after on Hannity on the Fox News Channel. And uh, certainly it's going to be history in the making and probably much bigger than a Super Bowl audience tonight. Uh, sir, thanks for being with us. Great talking to you. All right. We'll also have that breaking news, uh, huge news as it relates to Hillary Clinton plotting, planning and scheming. And they knew the whole time that this was her plan as it relates to Trump, Russia collusion. And they didn't stop it. Suit up, chin down. Uh, 35 days. You are the ultimate jury. We are in Cleveland for tonight's first presidential debate. Uh, Joe Biden and Donald Trump. And it is in a mere, what, four, well, four hours and 23 minutes from right now uh, that we'll be watching. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. What have we learned in the last week? And we're going to learn more this afternoon uh, about deep state corruption, abuse of power when Lindsey Graham joins us. Um, what have we learned? We learned that, oh, that Ukraine and Joe Biden on tape saying you're not getting the billion dollars unless you fired the prosecutor in Ukraine that is investigating my zero experience son Hunter, who went on Good Morning America. You know, I'll play the tape. This is the tape of him. Do you have any experience in oil? No. Any experience in gas? No. Any experience in Ukraine? No. Any experience in energy? No. Why do you think you got picked? Why did you make all these millions of dollars? No, no, no. You think maybe because your brother, your father was in charge of Ukrainian policy for the Obama administration and was the vice president? Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. That's probably why. Okay. Now it's bigger than that. Now it's Chinese national, Kazakh nationals, Russian nationals, Ukrainian nationals, wire transfers, and millions and millions of dollars more. We already knew about the Bank of China deal. No experience there either that we can find. Anyway, just let's start in the beginning. Let's start with Joe bragging on tape and then zero experience Hunter, 49-year-old, giving the worst interview of an adult ever on television, except for maybe Humpty Dumpty. I said, I'm not going to, we're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours. I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a <laughs> got fired. When he said, I hope you know what you're doing, what did he think you were doing? Well, he read the press reports that I joined the board of Burisma, which was a Ukrainian natural gas company. And there's been a, a, a lot of 
misinformation about me, not about my dad. Nobody buys that, but it buys this idea that I was unqualified to be on the board. What were your qualifications to be on the board of Burisma? Well, I was vice chairman of the board of Amtrak for five years. I was the oh, chairman of the board go. of the UN World Food Program. I was a lawyer for Boyce, Schiller, Flexner, one of the most prestigious law firms in the world. You didn't have any extensive knowledge about natural gas or Ukraine itself, though. Uh, no, but I think that I had as much knowledge as anybody else that was on the board, if not more. In the list that you gave me of the reasons why you're on that board, you did not list the fact that you were the son of the vice president. Of course, president. yeah. No, I, what I, role do you think that played? I think that it is impossible for me to be on any of the boards that I just mentioned without saying that I'm the son of the vice president of the United States. You were paid $50,000 a month for your position? Look, I'm a private citizen. One thing that I don't have to do is sit here and open my kimono as it relates to how much money I make or make or did or didn't. But it's all been reported. If your last name wasn't Biden, do you think you would have been asked to be on the board of Burisma? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. I, I don't think that there's a lot of things that would have happened in my life that uh, that if my last name wasn't Biden. Now it's more extensive than anybody knew. Far more extensive. Now it's oligarchs, the, the first lady of Moscow, the wife of the mayor of Moscow. We got wire transfers, you know, going back and forth with all of these countries, all while Joe is vice president. Want to talk about taxes? How about we talk about the millions that Zero Experience Hunter made cashing in while his dad was vice president and his dad was was stopping investigations into him. And then we now find out that it's even worse than that. And we have a new article out. Our friend Joel Pollack, he is with with Breitbart. He's the editor at large and house counsel for Breitbart.com. He has a piece out today that Hunter Biden's business partners invested in a failed uh, business, Fisker Automotive. Now, why does that matter? Well, the company received over $500 million in loan guarantees from the federal government before failing. Well, how did, how did he get access to that? Pretty unbelievable. Greg Jarrett is uh, with us as well. And by the way, uh, Joel has a new book out. It's called The Trumpian Virtues, The Lessons and the Legacy of Donald Trump's Presidency. Uh, Greg Jarrett is an incredible podcast out at gregjarrett.com how these new documents show that the russia hoax is far worse than we ever thought and with these new lindsey graham developments today that we'll be learning about in a little bit i he's right on every level welcome both of you back to the program let's talk about this this other money with this auto group automotive group that i guess more taxpayer money wasted uh joel pollack hi sean yes back in 2009 there was a company called fisker automotive that got a $500 million plus loan guarantee from the federal government, Department of Energy. And Joe Biden got involved. He made sure that the money was invested in Delaware, his old home state. So he went around boasting that this was going to create billions and billions and billions of dollars in new jobs. That's what he told people when he was talking about the investment in Delaware and Fisker. But what happened was the company never produced cars in the United States. It produced cars in Finland. These were supposed to be electric, hybrid vehicles. They were produced in Finland, and the company went bankrupt in 2013. The U.S. taxpayer lost $139 million out of that deal. And Joe Biden never said as much as sorry to the American taxpayer. No jobs created in the United States, $139 million lost. 
The interesting thing is that Hunter Biden's business partners, Devin Archer and Christopher Hines, were investors in Fisker through various funds that they controlled through Rosemont Capital. And although Hunter Biden's name is not on those funds, he was their business partner in Rosemont Seneca, which Rosemont Capital owned half of. On the Rosemont Seneca website at the time, Devin Archer boasted of his investments in Fisker, and his bio was right above Hunter Biden's. So this was all in the same circle. And that is one of the more spectacular failures of the stimulus that Joe Biden was supposed to be overseeing. He promised billions of dollars in new jobs. We got no new jobs, but hundreds of millions of dollars in losses to the American taxpayer while Hunter Biden's business partners were investing in the company. So it's right up there with Solyndra. And again, we're on the hook for, you know, all of these hundreds of millions of dollars in losses um, and no jobs were created. And Joe Biden now wants to take the new Green Deal even further. Um, You know, when you add that to the discovery, number one, I didn't even mention this part, Greg Jarrett, that the FBI knew that Christopher Steele, the source of the dirty Russian disinformation dossier, they knew for a decade that this guy was connected to Russia that it was never verifiable. You've been one of the most outspoken people on that from day one and laughed at the dirty dossier after having read it a number of times. And and secondly, now we know that this the Hunter scandal even goes out further. They knew Steele was, you know, they kept going for the FISA applications. Then on the Joe Biden side, now you got Russian oligarch, Ukrainian nationals, Chinese nationals, Kazakh nationals, you know, all these wire transfers. I mean... On every level, we're dealing with the worst corruption ever and the very opposite of what the country was told for, you know, almost four years. The opposite was true. You know, Hunter Biden has spent his entire life accomplishing nothing on his own, instead leveraging his father's public position funded by taxpayers uh, and, and profiteering. It smacks of influence peddling. And corruption, so much so, we found out in the recent Senate report the U.S. government flagged the Biden deals as, quote, potential criminal activity. I mean, think about it. Hunter Biden gets a $3.5 million wire transfer of dirty money from a Russian oligarch. That money derived from embezzlement, fraud, money laundering, and human trafficking. And it's crickets from the media. They didn't report any of it. ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN completely ignored the story. MSNBC mentioned it briefly but downplayed it, saying, let's move on, nothing to see here. Imagine if it was Trump, not Biden. There'd be nonstop coverage, and the media would be demanding Trump's resignation and criminal prosecution. I mean, the outrage would be deafening, but since it's Biden... You hear not a word. And, you know, the Media Research Center just came out with their study of network news and discovered that 90% of the coverage on ABC, NBC, CBS is negative toward Trump. A majority of the coverage toward Biden is positive. So it's clear that the media no longer neutral and objective they are advocates and protectors of Joe Biden. So when they bring up the issue of the president's taxes tonight, I would assume that the perfect pivot is going to be, 
How many millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions did your family make, Joe? How much did they make on all of this uh, with Russia and nationals from China and and Ukraine? I mean, Joel, how much did they make? And at what point, you know, does the president turn to Joe and say, hey, Joe, you're the one that's lived in the swamp for 47 years. And you're the one that has designed all these crazy tax loopholes where you can't get three accountants to agree on any one person's taxes. And that's for the average, you know, uh, Joe Blow that is out there busting his ass every day, never mind if you have a lot of money and a lot of complicated business deals. Right. And Joe Biden actually released some tax returns today along with Kamala Harris. And it looks like the Bidens gave... How about his medical records? What, What medicines might he be on? Right. Well, we don't know about that, and we would like to know, but he only gave 1.5% of his income to charity last year. Donald Trump gave his entire salary to the government. Kamala Harris gave even less. She gave 1.1% of her salary, of her income to the uh, charity last year. So if the issue is who contributes more, you know, you can look at Trump giving away millions. You can look at him donating his entire salary to the government. The Bidens gave a little more in 2017 and 2018, a lot more, in fact. But over many years, they didn't give very much at all. So if the question is who's contributing more, I think Trump's got a very good argument there. Well, I think it's bigger than, too, you know, how much you're actually giving, because liberals are always generous with other people's money, right? I mean, Margaret Thatcher famously making that quote. All right. So now I guess the question is, well, I got I'll tell you what, let me take a quick break. We'll come back on the other side. Uh, we also have Lindsey Graham is going to join us. James O'Keefe will be checking in today. His latest installment of the ballot harvesting scandal in Minnesota. As we continue from Cleveland today, the site of uh, this, the first presidential debate. All right, as we continue with Joel Pollack and uh, from Breitbart, also Greg Jarrett. All right, so let's look at this in the context of the tax story of the New York Times, Joel Pollack and, and Greg Jarrett. We have about 30 seconds each and how the president should use this to his advantage tonight. Joel. Well, I think this has come up before in 2016, and Trump said quite honestly that he had used depreciation and other tax laws to reduce his taxable income. And those are laws that Obama-Biden, in many cases, passed. So that's the system we have. I think you can look at the jobs he's created and the opportunities he's created for other people that will really be the difference between the two economic policies. Biden wants to raise taxes on other people, which will hurt the economy. I think that's really what Americans care about. What's happening going forward? That's where Trump has a better argument. Well, the Fed is now in Atlanta predicting a 32 percent third quarter growth in GDP, Greg Jarrett, which would be by far historic in proportion. Yeah, I mean, most Americans trust uh, Donald Trump to rebuild the economy uh, after the pandemic based on the record of building the greatest economy in modern American history. The creation of millions of jobs, increased wages, uh, you know, economic growth that no one ever predicted except for Trump. That's what's important to Americans, what the money in their wallets. And I think if the president focuses directly on that, uh, you know, right. I think he'll gain ground over Joe Biden. All right, Greg Jarrett, thank you. Don't forget his new podcast, gregjarrett.com. Uh, Joel Pollack, The Trumpian Virtues. 
the lessons and legacy of Donald Trump's presidency on Amazon.com, Hannity.com, now today in bookstores everywhere. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Lindsey Graham, James O'Keefe, next hour on The Sean Hannity Show. All right, as we uh, continue, it is debate day, debate night in America. 800-941-SEAN is our toll-free number. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, So we have this big blockbuster which is, of course, known as Project Veritas. And they came out with these tapes yesterday. And literally what you have is video, undercover video of ballot harvesting. My car is full. Well, you get paid as soon as you you fill out the ballot. They pay you anywhere between two and eight hundred dollars. We have new tape out today where a source is saying that Congresswoman Omar came up with the pay-to-vote scheme. We also know that investigators now in Minnesota are looking into the Project Veritas tape. And I've got to believe the Attorney General, Bill Barr, will be doing the same. Let's first, before we get to the new tape just released today, let's go to yesterday's tape on uncovering the ballot harvesting fraud. And we've been talking so much about, yeah, we better pay close attention. This is real voter fraud. I'll update you on all that's happening in a second. But this is from yesterday, and then we'll play today's. Money is everything. Money is the key in this world. If you ain't got money, you shouldn't. You should not be here, period. At the end of this street, yes. there's three towers called phone towers. Okay. And it's all seniors, and they took every ballot. Every ballot. They just take them from them. Every single ballot. Knock on the door and say, your ballots come, give it to me, give it to me. They don't even pay them for it. They just take it. But that's illegal, why? You don't care illegal. I have lies. One of them. How much are you seeing? She's the one who came up with all this. So she did it. She yeah. started this whole thing with yeah. the, the pay to vote. Yeah. So the people that work for Ilhan are actually counting the ballots, counting the vote. And they become a manager in the prison, too. They walk with you to the booth, and then they vote, oh, vote this guy, vote this guy, vote this guy. Vote even if you speak English. All right, James O'Keefe joins us again. James, let's go over what we learned yesterday, what we know today, and now the investigation moves forward, at least in Minnesota, and I would assume now this is going to move nationally. Yeah, Sean, thanks so much for putting on TV last night and covering the the police reaction and the, the authorities' reactions. But this latest installment this morning we released actually shows an actual transaction of cash for the ballot. You can see visibly on the screen the ballot harvester gives the two hundred dollars cash in exchange for the voter registration application in the ballot and and the ballot harvester says quote omar is the one who came up with this one of the guys actually says we don't care that it's illegal so it's just so uh... outrageous these guys are operating in the public they know that no one's going to hold them accountable i think that that video that that visual the, the president embedded it in his twitter very late last night. I think that's going to force Barr to to, to do something. I would think that that would, would uh, I think that would happen today or tomorrow. All right. So Minnesota police are investigating uh, as a result of your your investigation. It's all on tape. I, I don't know how you counter what we're watching with our own eyes and on radio, obviously, what we're listening to. Um, but it's it's not just what we're talking about. You know, now Republicans have to fight in every state as Democrats on the last minute. They try to extend the deadline for when they'll be counting ballots. A judge is requiring Georgia maintain paper 
poll books with a list of eligible voters. That's going on today. Texas uh, appeals court had blocked lower court decisions allowing straight ticket voting for the 2020 elections. That That's a battle that's being fought. You have more and more people talking about a Bush v. Gore scenario that is unfolding uh, where a public election attorney is warning of a contested 2020 race. Pelosi sending out letters now. Democrats uh, a possible stolen presidential election and Congress could decide the outcome in all of this, um, which is is beyond any comprehension I have. And it goes further than that. Um, you know, it's happening now in every single state, almost every swing state in particularly. Well, Sean, I mean, I think the critical thing here is 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 we have to get the visual. People don't believe what they hear the media, the left, the, the powers that be, the director of the FBI, whoever it is, they don't, they don't accept the reality of this unless you can see incontrovertible evidence of it. And I think that's why these two videos are so powerful. They've, each of them has received five, six million views alone. Each one of these videos, it's bigger than the Bob Kramer story that we saw in 2016, where Bob Kramer was inciting violence at Trump rallies and there were operatives talking about busing people. But in those videos, it was just people bragging about what they might do or have done. Whereas in this videotape, you actually see the transaction. You see the guy in the car, 300 absentee ballots. You see him at two in the morning holding a handful of absentee ballots saying, I'm hustling with all these ballots that are empty. So what makes this special and the unique moment, I think, is a catalyst for many other whistleblowers to come out and out there and work with Veritas, is that you actually see the deed being done. So the feds don't have any excuse. The feds let, me, let me just give people try. a picture, and we'll get back to your tape in a second. A Pennsylvania judge now has had to weigh in, stopping the United States Postal Service and, and cuts ahead of the 2020 election amid mail-in voting worries. Uh, there was an Ohio federal judge requiring and that the ruling that requires ballot signatures be verified has been upheld by this federal judge. Uh, then again, another swing state, Wisconsin, a judge had to halt six day extensions for counting absentee ballots after the election. The Trump campaign is now and the RNC is now suing North Carolina uh, to stop their late minute mail in voting changes. Um, top Republicans are now sounding the alarm. Joe Biden's bragging about 600 lawyers in all of these swing states. Hillary Clinton is saying he, sh- he shouldn't concede under any circumstances. Uh, the Pennsylvania Republicans have been asking the Supreme Court to stop the mail voting extension. Uh, New York City voters have wrongly received mail-in ballots, um, which is unbelievable. I mean, this is happening everywhere. And now you have on tape, uh, who is this person that is quoting she, Congresswoman Omar, is the one who came up with all this pay-for-vote uh, scheme in the community. She's the one. And then, quote, the money comes from the candidates running for office. That directly implicates Congresswoman Omar. Who is that person? These are these are the ballot harvesters, Sean. This is this is this is the guy that you see in the tape doing the transaction. That's the same person that that said that. This is he's speaking in Somali. It's translated there on the screen. The guy who's actually uh, giving giving the cash is the one who says, "Quote, Ilhan is the one who came up with this. She's the one. The money comes from the candidates." Um, and again, this is this is as I said to you on TV last night. They actually, if they can't, uh, and this is our sources on the ground saying this to us on tape, they go to the apartment houses, they, they take the ballots from the elderly, that's what they said, 
and they take them from the elders. They force them. And if they can't coerce them, they make them pay and they might lose their citizenship. And if that doesn't work, they go into the poll locations and actually fill it out for them. That's what these people do. It's an open secret there. Your point about all across the country, yes, this is happening. Um, I, I, you know me, I, I want to get it on videotape. And a lot of people were very afraid. These people are afraid for their lives in Minneapolis to expose this. They're, they're fearing for their lives. We've had to put them up in hotel rooms, uh, protect them with security. Um, they've done this because they're patriots and they, they want people to see what's going on in there. But this is happening everywhere. There's going to be tens of millions of mail-in ballots laying around. There's going to be more videos like this one. And I think what, we, what needs to happen now is someone has to be arrested. I mean, someone has to, there has to be some consequence. And Sean, one more thing, in Minnesota, I went to the county prosecutor and I said, this is illegal. He said, yes, it is. What are you going to do about it? He's like, well, you should call the sheriff's office. Call the sheriff's office, they point to the next person. It almost seems like nobody's willing to actually enforce the law. So what you have is this guy on tape now bragging that he can get away with it. He's like, I'm famous. <laughs> and he also—it's more than that. He's—they're actually talking about eight hundred bucks for a vote. Now, I guess some people paid two hundred, or at least they're saying they're paid two hundred. Others have paid eight hundred, and they're paid once they sign the ballot. So it's there is a quid and a pro and a quo involved in all of this. That is correct. All of it illegal, and they're and all they're targeting the elderly community. All of it illegal, and it's the and and one one of these people told me it, the Somalis are the victims here, right? These are these are victims. Now you always hear there's no systemic voter fraud. It's anecdotal, one piece of evidence. This is as systemic as it gets, Sean. Yeah. By the way, we have a little bit of a helicopter problem hovering above our secret broadcast headquarters here in Cleveland. Um, okay, so the next step. Now, we reached out to Congresswoman Omar's office last night prior to you being on the show. And her office, they, they didn't have any comment on this. Uh, they're not. I don't suspect they're going to be getting back to us. Have you tried to reach out yeah. to them? Um, well, it's interesting about that is that, um, yes, I have. I spoke to Ali Ganey. I spoke to him. He was he was said he was going to get back to me. This is the chairman, the deputy director of the campaign, who is the person behind all of this, uh, as, according to six different sources there, uh, was the one who's doing the money transfer. Um, you know, and what's funny is that yesterday, after the first video, they were, they, were, they were thinking of it as a joke. They were thinking of it as a cartoon. Now they're not responding at all. So they feel the pressure. They feel the heat. Um, I, I know law enforcement is looking very closely at this, and they can they can laugh at it all they want. They can dismiss it. They can they can attack my integrity, which is what the journalist the journalists on Twitter are attacking, uh, saying O'Keefe did this to change the subject from the tax return story, which is a nothing burger. The, the, so the tax return story. How about we look at Hunter Biden and the wire transfers with the first lady of Moscow, which is the former mayor of Moscow's wife, uh, or the Russian oligarchs, the Ukrainian olig oligarchs, uh, the Kazakh uh, oligarchs, and China, you know, a $100,000 shopping spree and a $1.5 billion deal with the Bank of China. And, of course, the quid pro quo, you're not getting a billion unless you fire the prosecutor, so my zero-experienced son makes millions. You want to talk about a corrupt system? How about we go there? But there's a, and, and, and that's true, Sean. The greater issue is that this story did supplant. It did replace the tax return story. No one cares about the tax returns except the New York Times, which is losing its legitimacy. Tens By the way, they wrote the same story October of 2016. Gee, I wonder if the eight days before the second debate uh, with Hillary Clinton. Uh, gee, I wonder if there's a pattern going on here with the New York toilet paper Times. Jeez. 
they're, they're, Sean, they're angry at, at, because this story is so successful. And I, and I can't emphasize enough these people out there in Texas and Pennsylvania, uh, election judges, you see this stuff. Someone sent me a, a photograph of a car filled with post office ballots. I mean, these sorts of citizens out there who are seeing these mail-in ballots being trafficked, harvested, stolen, we've got to get the visual evidence. And, 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 and Omar is definitely in trouble. Um, it, it, we, Veritas has so many whistleblowers right now. We've got to have the citizens of this country. You cannot rely upon the FBI. I, I want to talk about this on the other side, because you usually do things in two, three, four installments. And there are people in every swing state now that could be working for you to helping expose all of this, which uh, would be great. Uh, stay right there. James O'Keefe, CEO, founder of Project Veritas. Uh, be fascinating to see where this ends up. Look, uh, I don't have to tell you. I mean, we are just a, a mere 34 days away from what is a 35 days away from the defining election in our lives. It's a fight for the soul of America. I call it the tipping point uh, election of our lifetime. As we continue, final moments, James O'Keefe, CEO and uh, president and founder of Project Veritas. All right, so these tapes are out there. Um, today you released phase two. Is there more coming? And you are building an army of people in all of these swing states to actually go in with their cameras or undercover and, and discover if there's any more, any more of this illegal activity going on. I mean, this is like kind of a whipsawing effect ricochet where we release these tapes and more insiders come out and we're reporting all the time this videotape we, we released this morning showing the cash exchange we got that on sunday right before we launched this one so it, we're, we're getting more recordings and this is blowing up and and my call to action out there is twofold for your audience if you're a citizen a patriotic citizen who has firsthand close proximity to the fraud we will give you one of these cameras. We will protect you. And that email is veritastips at protonmail.com. Um, also, Sean, um, we do have more coming. We want you guys to put pressure on the, on the Department of Justice. Send this to the DOJ. You know, send, you got a guy committing felony on tape. It's, 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 uh, it's very, very clear the crime he's committing. But I'm not a law enforcement agency. The citizens have to put pressure on these people using the videos to get action. And we're also asking for Omar to resign. I mean, I don't know why she's still a congresswoman when you're when you're responsible for all this fraud. She has to comment on this, Sean, and she will. All right. James O'Keefe, Project Veritas. How do people get in touch with your organization? Uh, it's a uh, it's project Veritas dot com slash brave. They can sign up, join, donate or submit a tip. Let me tell you, the resistance is going to go there and try and infiltrate your group. That's my prediction. Uh, anyway, thank you, James O'Keefe, 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. We are now counting down, well, just a little over four hours from now, the president, Joe Biden, will be debating. Uh, when we come back, a special investigative report, huge release today as it relates to the deep state at a double standard that implicates Hillary Clinton and her campaign actually colluding with Russia. We'll explain with Lindsey Graham next. Glad you're with us. Uh, 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number 25 now till the top of the hour. Uh, we now have some breaking news. Uh, we've been told this is coming all day, and now it is out. Now, Senator Lindsey Graham, great state of South Carolina, made a request uh, to the director of national intelligence, John Ratcliffe, and he has now responded. Let me read from this letter. It says, Chairman Graham, 
in response to your request for intelligence community. I see information related to the FBI's Crossfire Hurricane investigation. I've declassified the following. In late July 2016, U.S. intelligence agencies obtained insight into Russian intelligence analysis alleging that U.S. presidential candidate Hillary Clinton had approved a campaign plan to stir up a scandal against U.S. presidential candidate Donald Trump by trying to put Putin and the Russians hacking of the DNC committee. The IC does not know the accuracy of this allegation or the extent to which the Russian intelligence analysis may reflect exaggeration or fabrication. But according to his handwritten notes, former CIA director Brennan subsequently briefed President Obama and other national security officials on the intelligence, including the alleged approval by Hillary Clinton on July 26, 2016, of a proposal from one of her foreign policy advisors to vilify Donald Trump by stirring up a scandal claiming interference by Russian security services. On September 7, 2016, U.S. intelligence officials, they forwarded an investigative referral to the FBI Director Comey and the Deputy Assistant Director of Counterintelligence, Peter Strzok, regarding, quote, U.S. presidential candidate Hillary Clinton's approval of a plan concerning U.S. presidential candidate Donald Trump and Russian hackers hampering U.S. elections as a means of distracting the public from her use of a private email server. As referenced in his September 24, 2020 letter to the committee, Attorney General Barr has advised that the disclosure of this information will not interfere with the ongoing Department of Justice investigations. Additional declassification and public disclosure of related intelligence now remains under consideration. However, while the IC now welcomes the opportunity to provide a classified briefing with further detail at your convenience Senator Lindsey Graham joins us now uh, to discuss this. Senator, wow. So, in other words, if I'm reading this right, I'm hearing that Hillary Clinton, as a means of distraction, was picked up by our own intelligence agencies as colluding with the Russians to create a phony Trump-Russia collusion scandal. Am I reading that right? Yeah, so what I get from this is that in July, when they picked up a Russian uh, intelligence analysis that Clinton was going to create a storyline about Trump-Russia. It was serious enough for them to brief President Obama. But the real important point of this letter is that in September 2016, they sent over to the FBI a request from the intelligence community to investigate a concern about Clinton creating a Trump-Russia problem to divert from the uh, server scandal. So here's the question. I don't know if it's true or not, but what did the FBI do with requests from the intelligence community to investigate the Clinton-Russia connection? What do we do know? That Christopher uh, Michael, uh, excuse me, Christopher Seale was on the payroll of the Democratic Party, that he was a foreign agent, that he hired a Russian suspected spy, to, get, to dig up dirt on Trump, the dossier that proved to be unreliable and a bunch of BS, if they were willing to do that, is it possible they did more? And here's the question. What did the FBI do to run this down, if anything? 
Okay, so now this is the point. All right, let me go to no evidence of Trump-Russia collusion. No evidence, no evidence with the montage that we have. And now I want to follow up with the Steele dossier that was made up and how Democrats created it. And then I want to throw to Hillary, of course there's a difference between my collusion and Donald Trump's collusion in light of today's developments. Uh, but Mr. Clapper then went on to say that to his knowledge there was no evidence of collusion between members of the Trump campaign and the Russians. We did not conclude any evidence in our report. And when I say our report, that is the NSA, FBI, and CIA. Diane Feinstein has said there's no evidence of collusion. So collusion between whom? Can you tell us that? I'm not prepared to say that there's proof you could take to a jury, but I can't say that there is enough that we ought to be investigating. At the time you separated from service in January of 2017, had you seen any evidence that uh, Donald Trump or any member of his campaign colluded, conspired, or coordinated with the Russians or anyone else uh, to infiltrate or impact our uh, voter infrastructure? Um, not beyond uh, what has been out there open source and not beyond anything that I'm sure this committee has already seen and heard before directly from the intelligence community. This fake dossier was made up and I understand they paid a tremendous amount of money and Hillary Clinton always denied it, the Democrats always denied it, and now only because it's going to come out in a court case they said yes they did it, they admitted it, and they're embarrassed by it, but I think it's a disgrace, it's just really, a very, it's a very sad it's a very sad commentary on politics in this country. Hillary, is there a difference between your team paying for this opposition research uh, and Donald Trump's people working with the Russians to influence the election? Is there a difference? Of course there is. And, you know, I think most serious people understand that. This was uh, research started by a Republican donor during the Republican primary. And then when Trump got the nomination uh, for the Republican Party. Uh, the people doing it came to my campaign lawyer and said, you know, would you like us to continue it? Right. And, and he said, yes, he's an experienced lawyer. He knows what the law is. He knows what opposition research is. And, you know, from my perspective, it didn't come out before the election, as we all know. And what also didn't come out, which I think is an even bigger problem, um, as I write in the book, is that the American people didn't even know that the FBI was investigating the Trump campaign because of connections with Russia starting in the summer of 2016. Right. So I know that voters should have had that information. That's something that may have influenced some people. And it's part of what happens uh, in a campaign where you get information that may or may not be useful and you try to make sure anything you put out in the public arena is accurate and right. so this thing didn't come out until after the election and it's still being uh, evaluated but the fact of the fbi investigation into the trump campaign and russia should have come out i mean it, could this be any more backwards than what the american people have been fed by the media and by the democratic party and you know all their alleged concern about russian interference Radcliffe is saying here that our intelligence agencies obtained insight into intelligence analysis that Hillary Clinton and her campaign had approved a plan to stir up or initiate a scandal against Donald Trump by trying by tying him purposely. They're lying to Putin and the Russians. In other words, she's trying to get the Russians to partner with her. 
in terms of interfering in our elections and claim that Donald Trump urged the Russians to hack the DNC emails and it's all designed to get attention away from the 33,000 deleted emails that had been subpoenaed and then destroyed with bleach bit and then the hammers and the devices. And there are handwritten notes from Director Brennan of the CIA that he briefed Obama and other senior national security officials on the intelligence. In other words, that Hillary had done this and the allegation uh, and the alleged approval of Hillary Clinton uh, of this proposal from one of her foreign policy advisors, all designed to work with the Russians to vilify Donald Trump and create a phony scandal. Is that, I, mean, I mean, can it be any more clear? That's what it says. Well, that's what it says. But what do we know actually happened? We know that the Democratic Party and Hillary Clinton's campaign hired Fusion GPS, who hired Christopher Steele, that Christopher Steele used a suspected Russian spy, the subsource, to create a document called the dossier that alleges things that Trump did in Russia. That's a bunch of BS. It's all bar talk, and they got a warrant. Now, the question is, would they do more? Did they do more? The real issue here is that the Mueller investigation took two and a half years, $25 million, 60 FBI agents, to run every allegation down against Trump regarding Trump in Russia. What did we learn today? that there were numerous allegations involving Clinton in Russia, and nobody apparently did a damn thing to look at it. If that's not a double standard, I don't know what is. When they found exculpatory information regarding Trump, they hid it from the court. So the bottom line here, Sean, is that we see a pattern of falsifying information to the court to keep the investigation going against Trump. We see a pattern of not reporting to the FISA court information about the reliability of the dossier to keep the warrant going against Carter Page. We see a pattern of giving uh, Clinton a pass when it comes to the email server deal. Now we find, on top of all this, that the the intelligence community suspected as early as July 2016 of a concerted effort by Clinton to create a Russia-Trump problem. And apparently the FBI has not done a damn thing about it. So and that means that also implicates James Comey here because he was told by Brennan. That actually implicates Peter Strzok because he was told by Brennan. It actually means that Obama was told by Brennan and that they were briefed about it. Now, when you look at all of the FISA application warrants and what else, what have we learned in just the last number of weeks? We learned that the subsource that they knew was a Russian agent, but they still went applying for these FISA applications knowing it was fraudulent and unverified and unverifiable. Maybe now the reason why Sally Yates and Rod Rosenstein both said to you, knowing what they know now, they never would have signed those FISA applications. This is just the tip of the iceberg, and you got James Comey in your committee when? Tomorrow morning, and the first thing I want to ask Comey is, do you remember getting a request from the, the intelligence community in September of 2016, to investigate a claim that Clinton was trying to attach Russia and Trump to divert from the server problem, that that she was coming up with a plan to accuse Trump of being involved in the hacking so they would not look at the server problem she had. Now, the question for Comey is, what did you do? We know what Mueller did regarding Trump. What did the FBI do to look at this allegation? Did they investigate? 
If so, how many agents? How long did it last? What did you find? And if you didn't look at it at all, why? Unbelievable. Um, who else do you have that planning that you're bringing into your committee? Well, I've asked for Strzok, and we're working with him. Uh, I've got McCabe coming. So here's the point. The, the CIA and the intelligence community is finding information important enough to, to brief President Obama about the Clinton campaign in Russia. What did they do to run it down and look at it? We know that they turned every stone upside down to look at Trump. We know that the Democrats hired a foreign agent to use a Russian spy to create a document called the dossier. Could they have done more? Just with the steel information that would make you suspicious about the Democratic Party regarding Trump and Russia, did they spend any time and effort? Did they do anything like they did regarding Trump? If not, why not? Why did Clinton get a break at every turn? Why was it that they ignored all the stop signs when it came to Carter Page? Why did they withhold from the court information about Papadopoulos? Why? You raise, uh, Senator, thanks for doing it, and uh, we appreciate you being with us. No wonder why Barbara Streisand and Rosie want to donate money. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. All right, Hannity, the debate starts 9 Eastern. We will be on immediately after the debate. Special edition, Hannity, all the news, highlights, information, everybody's take on the first debate of this election season. It's 35 days, and you are the ultimate jury. Our promise, our pledge, best election coverage available on your radio and television dial when we get back here tomorrow it'll be just 34 days and you are the ultimate jury see you tonight right after the debate tomorrow we'll be right back here at it again thanks for being with us